0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give.
1: I started last week a series called This Is the Season. And in that, we're going to look at four different aspects of it. Last week, we looked at Jesus we said Jesus is the reason for the season, and we know that because it's kind of a catchy phrase. We've got the bumper stickers, got the T-shirts. Uh, some of us have the cardboard or plywood cutouts that were that once in our yard. We don't know if they're still there, but they were once in our yard, and we're glad about that. And so it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful statement, but I want you to know something. Yes, Jesus is the reason for the season. Undoubtedly, he is. But can I tell you another truth that you need to get your head around? That I am the reason for the season. Not I myself, but you and I are the reason for the season. Do you understand that? That yes, Jesus came in the form of a baby. He was born in a manger and they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. But can I tell you something? He came to die. He did. He He came to die for each of us. And you see, that baby born uh, is the reason for the season. But the reason Jesus is the reason for the season is just because I am. You see, I uh, frequent lots of restaurants. And one of my favorites for breakfast is Jimmy's Egg. It used to be another establishment but I change, I trade them in. So Jimmy, <laughs> no names. Jimmy's egg is my place. And so I they open at six, and I usually get to turn the little open light on. It's pretty cool. Uh make it come on. So I, I like early, so I get there early. So there's a particular lady uh that waits on me that comes at six. A lot of the girls come at seven, but Two or three of them come at six, and they're always really excited about that. So I try to help them get excited about it. And so uh, so she, this particular girl uh, waits on me from six to seven a lot. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was there, and she came over, and I'm pretty... Not, and I'm not pretty routine. My wife would go, that's a lie. You're very routine. So I'm very routine, okay? So I want... Ice water, uh, half a cup of coffee, because I don't want it to get cold, half's good, and then extra napkins, and she always brings that to me. She comes over, and, and I'd start a conversation. We're always talking, and I said, hey, you ready for Christmas? She said, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm not there yet, but, but Jesus is the reason for the season, and I was like, and yes, he is, because I was about to do that message. <laughs> I was working that message. I was like, they- that girl that got in my backpack, you know? And so, so I said, she said, Jesus is, I said You're right. Jesus is the reason for the season. So a little bit of time goes by, and I finished that half a cup, and she comes by, and she says, would you like more coffee? I said, yes. So she pours the other half, and I said, hey, can I tell you something? I said, Jesus is the reason for the season. Can I tell you a, a, an incredible truth? You're the reason for the season. You are. You are. And she just looked at me, and then she started doing her thing. And so the person I was meeting came. We ate breakfast and left, and uh, they left. And I I, I tend to stay and study a little bit more and read some more. And she came over. She said, hey, she poured me some more coffee. She said, hey, can I sit down for a second? I said, sure. So she sat down. She said, "Um, I really never heard that before. Like, I I, I know Jesus is reason for the season, but I've never heard anybody say, like, I'm the reason for the season. I said, you are the reason for the season. And as soon as I said that, some tears started rolling down her cheek. And we didn't go much further than that. I just said, you know, I'm here if you want to talk about that. But I want you to know something. You are the reason for the season. And then she went on her way. I want you, in your time this week, in the next several weeks, just if you don't, you don't know her name, but it is a girl. She works at Jimmy's Egg. I just need you to say, God, I just want to pray for that girl at Jimmy's Egg. God knows who that girl is. And I think God's working on her heart. And I don't know where she is, but, but she understands now that not only Jesus is the reason for the season, but she is. She is. She is. And I want to show you some scriptures. I hope you like scripture because I've got about 12 right off the bat. You all good with the word? All right. So I want to tell you. So you say, well, why, why am I the reason for the season? I mean, we're not supposed to be selfish, Jeff. Right. But, but here's the deal. You are the reason for the season. He, he was born so that he might die in your place. So I'm the reason for the season. So I'm going to show you some scripture. Matthew 1.21 first. Matthew one twenty one. I could probably stop there, says this. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. That's why he came. John 3, 16, we know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin... Is death, but the gift, that's what he was, of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5 8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You get your head around that? Each one of us in this room this morning, if you're born again, you understand that you really are the reason for the season that he came in the form of a baby to live and die for you so that you might have a relationship with him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells you how you do that. That if you confess through your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, one believes on the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." And this is the good news here in Romans 10, 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever does Romans 9 and 10 shall be saved. Whoever. You see, the whoever's are the reason for the season. John 3, 3, conversation with Nicodemus Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again. You remember Nicodemus is a real smart guy. He says, well, I've already been born once. How can I go back in my mother and be born again? That ain't going to work. I'm a big guy, you know. It's like, dude. This, you can't think world. You got to think in the spirit realm. Jesus said, listen to me, what's born of the water is a physical birth. You must be born of the spirit to be born again. You see, it's real simple. Everybody I'm looking at and you're looking at me, we all have a birthday. In order to be in heaven one day, you must have two birthdays. You must have a physical birthday you must have a spiritual birthday when you were born again. John 6, says this. No one come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up in the last days. When I added in the first service, you could go to Revelation 2. Jesus says he stands at the door and knocks. Remember that? And anyone, mm, any of the whosoever's. Will open up their heart and ask me to come in. I will come in and sup with them or dine with them. You have a doorknob on what side of your heart? Only the inside. No one comes in unless you let them in. In Romans 8:16, the one we love, the Spirit Himself testifies with our Spirit that we are children of God. His spirit testifies to our spirit that what? We are children of God, that we're born again. Let me tell you something. A person who knows that they know that they know that they know that they know that's born again is a confident witness for the king. But if you're sitting there going, Well, I don't know if I, today I don't feel very saved, or I didn't act very saved last week, well, I'm not sure I'm saved, I don't know if I'm saved. Who are you going to witness to? You don't even know you're saved. You're no threat. In no way are you advancing the kingdom if you're stuck in neutral. And those who don't know are stuck in neutral. Jesus said, why are you stuck in neutral? Why? My spirit will testify to your spirit that you're born again. So if my spirit testifies to you and you're like, I'm not sure then you better get on your face before God and say, God, I am not born again. I want to be born again. Save me. You do not want to take a chance on that. You want to know that you know that you know that you're born again. And the Spirit says he'll, he'll testify to that. He'll testify to that. So here's some truths or some facts. They're real hard to find today uh, on the news. Uh, I, I don't... yeah. I'm sorry, fake news, lies. I don't even think it's fake anymore. I think it's just flat lies now. I mean, we done gone from fake to lying. I mean, because I don't even know what to believe, who to believe, who's telling the truth, who was in the meeting, who wasn't in the meeting, if there even was a meeting. You know what I mean? I mean, they're just chasing stuff. And so what I, sometimes I watch it, and I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, this is wearing me. It's like a workout. I feel like I ran. And so I turned off. Go eat or something, you know, (laughs) because I'm wore out. And so I, I want you to know there's a bunch of junk out there. But in the midst of all that junk out there, there's truth. There's truth and there's facts. And let me give you some of these. Jesus left heaven for you. Do you realize that? Jesus left heaven for you. It says in Philippians 2, that he did not take equality with God, something to be grasped. Mm. But he humbled himself. (laughs) He humbled himself and and became a servant and became death for us, became a child that, that laid his life down for us. That's what he did for us. He left heaven for you. He left heaven for me. Yes, Jesus was born of a virgin i'm sorry i'm sorry that you can't get your peanut around that i'm sorry that that makes you uncomfortable i'm sorry you can't explain that to bubba but here's the deal whether you can explain it whether you can get your head around it does not lessen or water down the fact that the holy spirit of god impregnated mary with jesus and he became the savior of the world period and i'm sorry and one day while you're stuck in neutral, you better get born again so you can ask him in heaven. Because anywhere you're going, if you don't, you're not born again, you can't get that answer answered. You can't get that question answered. So if you really are dying to have that answer, you better get saved so you can go ask the one who can answer that question. Jesus was born of a virgin, period. Jesus did do life. He did. He said, you've seen me, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hmm. wow. Then he also said this. This will mess up your Rice Krispies, all right? He said, what I did, you will do even greater. <laughs> Woo, can you get around that? Put that on your Rice crispy, and it'll pop. Jesus said, What I did, you will do greater. Now, who in the world did he say that to? A bunch of spirit-filled people that received Christ. That's what he said it to. He said it to the church. He said, church, let me tell you something. What you saw me do, you'll do greater. You'll do greater. He lived that life. He said, you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Mm. Jesus gave his life for me. That's, that You need to get your head around that. Nobody, nobody captured him with a fishnet. Nobody tied him up. No, no, nobody trapped him. He just said, here I am. Take me for them. He knew the cross was coming. He knew it. He asked the Father, any way this cup can pass from me? He said, nope. He said, okay, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Listen to me. He gave his life for you. That's why you can say, hey, you know what? Jesus is the reason for the season, but you know what else? I'm the reason for the season. Well, that sure is a very egotistical, selfish statement. I'm sorry, but Jesus gave his life for me. Oh, well, he gave his life for me too. I know, you can be selfish. Because he gave his life for us. No one took that from him. Jesus did rise again he rose from the grave my friend he rose from the grave and again that's being challenged because people can't get their peanut around that and i'm sorry okay but that's the truth that's the facts jesus rose again and baptism what we just saw chris do baptism is just an outward expression of an inward change it's just symbolism for what already happened to chris Chris was already born again. He rose again when he got saved. All we did is get in the water, follow the Lord and believe his baptism, follow the Lord in first step of obedience. He just had an outward expression to, to the church of what has already happened in Chris. Jesus rose again. So guess what? You and I could rise again <laughs> in salvation and in victory in life. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, whatever your hardship is, if you're a born-again child of the king, you can get up and walk out of that. You can walk out of that. He can give you victory in that area. Why? Because you can bench press a Buick? No. Because the Holy Spirit power lives in you. And he said, get up and walk. Then get up and walk. He give you victory. Don't lay there like a wet pretzel. You ain't going to do no good. All right? It's just embarrassing. All right? Jesus sits at the right hand of the father. Don't think that's not a small thing. If that doesn't doesn't give you a little confidence, something's wrong with your wood. It's wet. Listen to me. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the father ought to give you as his kid power. It ought to give you as his kid confidence. Do not approach that throne with weakness or being petty. You approach his throne with confidence. Why? Because your father hears, and Jesus, who bore, you, bore your sins on the cross, sits at the right hand of the Father, intercedes on your behalf. There's power in that, my friend. You're not praying to some cosmic ghost out there, all right? Straight to Jesus, sits at the right hand of authority, and you have authority because you're his kid, all right? And Jesus gave me a gift. You see, Jesus left heaven, was born, lived, died, rose again, sits at the right hand of the Father. And what do you tell him? Hey, boys, listen to me. I know I spoon fed you all for a long time. But, but the buffet's closing, and I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. But don't you whine, whimper, and be a little baby, because I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. You're like, I never heard that in the Bible. I'm paraphrasing that a little bit for you, okay? Some of y'all are like, my Bible don't read that way. Well, listen to me. He said, don't, don't be wimps. I'm, I'm going away, but I'm giving you a gift. I'm leaving you a gift. But here's the deal. You set my gift up on the shelf and don't open it. You ain't going to do squat. You ain't going to do squat. Let me show you my gift. You're lucky you go to the second service because your pastor, who you love a lot, didn't even do this in the first service. I just left that gift sitting on the shelf. (laughs) Did I not? Come on, church. I'm telling you, and I'm confessing that I left his gift Well, that's not a shelf, but on that black, beautiful black baby grand piano. I didn't even get it off. Listen to me. Ain't a kid or adult in the house that know what this is. It's a gift, amen. I promise you this. There won't be one under your tree that survives. Come on. Some of you better go check them right now because I got little torn edges trying to read little things on the side. I got Melissa's gift, and and Natalie and I got it yesterday. I got it in a box and it has a note on there because I know my wife really, really well. You know what the note says? No peeking. No peeking. And so the girl checking us out, she said, that's a really cool box. I said, mm-hmm. You, 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 knew, you know somebody needs a gift like that? Mm-hmm, my husband. I said, well, my wife. All right? So if you need them, they're at Target. Right? There's a little commercial for Target, okay? <laughs> so... Jesus left, and he told them, hey, man, don't worry. I'm leaving you a gift. It's from me, and you need this gift. Now, see, some of us think, well, the gift was Jesus. He was for salvation. But remember, Jesus rose again and sits where? At the right hand of the Father. But he left you. He says it in his word. He left you a gift. He left you a gift. So I want to ask you a question. It is the big question. Am I, you can personalize it, is Jeff taking advantage of everything that Jesus offers me? It's a good question. See, I just saw adults act a fool on Black Friday. Just a fool. I've never seen people do such crazy things for 10% more off. I mean, I don't have the means, but I'm almost to the point as a grown adult that I always want to go into the stores and go, please don't act that way. I'll give you the money. Here, please take this money. Don't don't jump over that aisle and run across her, and it's not her fault, and she's not going to get the last one. Quit doing that. It's It's embarrassing. You watch it on TV, I'm like... Y'all not even going to like that in six months. Or the break, all right? We do crazy stuff to take advantage of everything that Black Friday offers. You know what amazes me? We don't put forth near that much effort to get everything Jesus offers us. (laughs) We're like, well, you know, it's cold outside, and uh, I just don't want to get out of bed, so I'm not going to worship. What? You think the Via Della Rosa was a walk in the park? You think that cross was light? You think he wanted to do that? You really think that you were worthy of that? I wasn't. What he sacrificed for us, we can't really do much for him anymore. Well, you know, I, I don't have time to spin in the word. I got a hard job. Really? Who doesn't have a hard job? Don't name them, okay? But listen to me. Jesus gave it all. And He left us a gift. And He said, I'm giving you this gift because you're going to need this gift. You can't do this thing called life without it, okay? I want you to take the gift. I don't want you to set it under your tree. I don't want you to set it on your shelf. I don't want you to leave it on black, baby, grand piano. I want you to take it and I want you to open up the gift, because I, it's a gift from me, and I want you to have everything that I offer you, because you're my child, and I love you. I want you to see it in Scripture. John 16:7, he says, "Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I go, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. (laughs) Some scripture says it's to your benefit, to your advantage. I wonder, has it been? You see, it breaks my heart sometimes when I see people stop just at salvation. You say, was that wrong? Is that bad? Well, no, it's not bad, nor it's wrong. It's just not everything God offers you. It's not everything that Jesus died for. It's like we have heaven and we're okay. We're just like, yeah, I know I could get 50% more off on that TV, but you know, I'm good. I'm good. No, you'd act a fool, drive like crazy, run over people, knock small children over who are waiting in line with their parents to get what? A TV that probably will break anyway, and it sure won't help you, you know, with disease. It sure won't give you meaning. It sure won't give you purpose. It sure won't speak to you unless somebody's speaking through it, okay? okay, But it won't do anything for you. But we do everything we can to get stuff like that. But Jesus said, I've given you even more, and you don't even want my gift, you don't even want my gift. You're just, you're, you're okay. You're okay with just salvation. And I'm glad you're okay with salvation, but I gave you more because I, I rose again and I am sitting at the right hand of the Father and I told you I was going away, but I'm leaving you the counselor, the helper, the guide, the, the, the power in the Holy Spirit. And you don't, and you're just sad. You're settled. Why are my children just settling as a parent, do you want your children to settle? I don't. You see, I want, I want Natalie to marry the most godly, beautiful, handsome, wonderful man God ever wanted and made for her. I want Brett to fall in love with the most gorgeous, godly girl that will love him like, like I love him and Jesus loves him. I don't, want my, I don't want my two children to settle. And I don't want them to go to places to try to find them that they know they're not going to find them. I don't want them to wait for God to bring the best. And when God brings the best, I want them never, ever, ever to settle. I want them to take all that God has for them. Same thing you want. What about your children? You want them to come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord, right? You want them to be born again, right? But don't you want them to take the gift that God gave them and see all that God has for them? I do I made this I I said this statement back when I was teaching the Holy Spirit series it's not a question it really isn't it's not a question of when I got the Holy Spirit but it's a question of when the Holy Spirit got me That really is true you see, I had an experience, and, I, and I've shared this. If you've heard it, just listen again. But if you haven't, listen. I was a sophomore in college, and I want you to know something. I grew up uh, at First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas. My mom was a 7th and 8th grade girl Sunday school teacher, and my dad was a deacon. And I grew up with parents that were in church. Every time the doors were open, Wednesday night, chicken, fried steak, green beans, mashed potatoes, rose, and salad, and tea and the water. I mean, that, as a staple item in a Baptist church, all right? All right? I was there all the time. I also grew up with parents that said this to me when I was a kid. And we're going to go to church. and You're going to sit in that pew. You're not going to move. You're not going to talk. You will get to breathe. But if I hear one word out of you, I'll wear you out when I get home. I just love church. I mean, what in the world? It's like a prison sentence. So I'd go and I'd sit there. And my brother and sister and I, boy, we wouldn't even look at each other. I'm like... I want dad to watch a cowboy game, not beat me the whole game, right? And I didn't want to move. And I get out of high school, and I go to college on a baseball scholarship to East Texas Baptist University. What well, sounded like the same church I went to. So I was thinking you're supposed to sit up tall and be still and don't move. Or the professors will flunk you or whatever, you know? So I rock along in my freshman year, and then I'm sophomore year, and I get a roommate named Billy Foote Jr., Mm, we'll tell some stories about him later. But Billy and I are good buddies. We've been together for three and a half years. Well, he he led worship, okay, and he did the, They had this college Bible study on Tuesday nights called Time Out. It started at nine o'clock. I couldn't make it today, but it, I could then. And so, <laughs> some of y'all are like me neither, right? But but so so I, Billy says, "You need to come a time out." I'm like, "Nah." He goes, No, you need to come to time out. So one Tuesday night, I went to timeout. All right? Now, sit up tall. Don't move. Don't say a word, right? Mm. I ask him, What's timeout? Church, Bible study, worship, preaching. Hey, I've been one of those all my I did it all my life. I had no problem. So I walk in. Oh, Lord, help. I walked in and I'm like, All of y'all going to get beat. And nobody. <laughs> Nobody's sitting still. Nobody is keeping their hands to themselves. Y'all jumping, hopping, shouting, hands raised, waving. All oh, y'all in trouble. The Baptist Church is going to get y'all. Y'all at a Baptist university. Y'all act like that. Y'all never going to get in the Pictorial Directory. Ola Mills never going to take your picture. Never. And so, man, I ran out like, woo, I ran out. You know, they say, don't let the door hit you With the good Lord split you. It did not, because I was moving so fast, that door couldn't hit my tail. And so I ran out and I was running down the hill, man. I was going back to my dorm. I, I was like, what in the world did I just walk into? And God said, stop. I'm looking around like, who? What? I just kept on going. Stop. I stopped. God said, You need to turn around. You need to go back in there. I'm like, I ain't going back in there. That's crazy in there, God. Did you know that is crazy? I don't know if anybody's told you, but that's crazy in there. God's like, this guy is going to need a lot of help. And so I said, I don't want to go back in there. He said, turn around and go back in. And then he said this, it's just me. Don't be scared of me hmm, well, you know what I did? I turned around and went back in. I went back in a bunch, and I kept going back in, and I kept going back in. And you know what I did? I didn't sit up tall, and I didn't keep my hands on myself, and I did not be still, all right? And I loved every minute of it. And my first experience with the gift. And you say, well, I don't need a gift like that because I'm like 80 and I couldn't jump and dance and listen to me. (laughs) What I'm saying is there's more after salvation. The Holy Spirit is going to open up your world and open up your eyes and open you up to all kind of things. The Holy Spirit will come inside of you. Paul says, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Paul says, don't get drunk with wine that leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then then keep in step and be filled with the Spirit. And every day, the Holy Spirit will empower you. Open your eyes, open your ears, open your life, and you'll see stuff. And what the Holy Spirit's number one job is to help you witness. It's to help you see people. That girl that comes and pours my coffee, and I said, and she said, Jesus is the reason for the season. I said, you're right. I said, can I tell you something else? You're the reason for the season. See, we're not done. God's not done with her, all right? But you know why I said that? Because one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is give you confidence and give you boldness and allow you to share and speak. See, God wants to open you up to all that he has for you. But some of us have taken this gift and it's still under our tree. And can I tell you the rudest thing about Christmas is not to open a gift that someone gives you. It's truth. So you want to be a real rude, rude person? Let the God who made you, the God that left heaven die for you, And the God that left you a gift, and you not open it, that's just flat rude. Don't be scared of the gift, because it came from Jesus. See, some of you think, if I open the gift, I'm going to handle snakes. Probably not. Okay? You're handling them once, then we'll visit you at BSA. (laughs) While you're hooked up to venom removal junk, okay? Listen to me. Some of y'all, y'all like me, I'm like, "I, I can't do freak show. And I've told you before, those people were crazy before they got the Holy Spirit. So don't worry about that, okay? Don't worry about that, all right? But the gift is yours, and the Father gave it to you. Don't be scared of a gift the Father gave you. Go out and get everything that God has for you. What I love about our youth, many things I love about our youth, walk into our youth services. You'll watch a bunch of kids running hungry after God. They're going after him, man, all they got. And God is opening up their eyes to all that he has for them on the other side of salvation through the Holy Spirit. And some of them are way out of their comfort zone, and it's a beautiful thing. I laugh because I've been there, okay, because I know what God's going to do. So let me, let me ask you this. Do you truly believe, 110% believe, that you're the reason for the season? Amen. You are. You are. You're the reason for this season. And you're not, I'm not asking you to trump Jesus because you're not if he's not, okay? But because he's the reason for the season, you're the reason for the season. And because you're the reason for the season, he has left you a gift to the Holy Spirit. And he sits at the right hand of the Father and he has left his children the gift of the Holy Spirit. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? It's really rude not to open a gift that someone gave you. And it's big time rude not to open it from Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. If you're on the worship team, I want to invite you to come back up. If you're on the uh, altar team this morning here at the front, if you'll come at this time as well. At the end of every message that I preach, I like to ask one question, and that is, what did the Holy Spirit say to you today? See, I don't want you really caught up in what I said because, and not much to me, okay? But there's a lot to Him. And His words that He speaks into you will live long after I'm here, okay? What did the Holy Spirit say today? For some of you, you know Jesus is the reason for the season and you love that about him. But that little baby in the manger is still that little baby in the manger. He's not your savior. You've not been born again. You think the story's beautiful. You want your children to kind of experience that. You will even come and help them get saved, take them to the preacher. You'll come and watch them get baptized. You'll get them in the church. But you know You know, I've never been born again. I haven't made that little baby my Savior. I haven't experienced the fact that I am the reason for the season. Today, give yourself one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself the gift of salvation. Today, you can come. Maybe you're here today, He is your Savior. You know you're the reason for the season. You, all that scripture I read, yes, it's all true. You, you prayed and received Christ. You're born again. But you stopped there. You've kind of gotten bored with it. You haven't gone any further. You're happy that you're going to go to heaven one day, but you know there's more. You, you, you see more, but you don't know what to do with it. And you're kind of gun shy of it. Can I tell you, quit being scared. It's just Jesus Just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me and teach me and show me and and open me up all that you afford to me, all that you offer me. Because I don't want to leave here with any regrets. And when you call me home, I want to take advantage of everything you've done for me. If that's you today, you know what you need to do. If you're looking for a church home, I'm going to tell you this there's no better. There's no better. If this is God's place for you, you come this morning. I'm going to pray for us. Father, we love you. And God, we're going to worship in just a little bit. But this is a time of invitation, a time of, of us responding to what you have said to us. God, your Holy Spirit has spoken. I pray, Father, now that we respond to what you said. God, we love you. May we obey one thing, and that's the Holy Spirit of God right now. May we be obedient to what you said to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from The Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.